Also a, a big one back there on the board, but uh, our own Jeff Phillips designed this. I think it turned out very, very nice. So uh, you can brag and say, I know the guy that did that. So you can brag about that. Jeff is a very talented and gifted young man. We're, we're blessed to have him as part of our family and then as part of our church family. Uh, if you look on the front of your bulletin, the logo that we have there, that's our new logo. Jeff also designed that as well, based on some uh, input from you guys. We took Sam's idea and kind of expanded a little bit, but uh, there, there's the, that. So a little bit more Jeff's handiwork, and we're grateful for his desire. And uh, I have to buy him lunch ever so often now to kind of pay him back. So, But that's okay. That's all right. If you have your Bibles, let's hold them up or your electronic device with your Bible. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Lead men to the cross. And help us learn to be thankful. Here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm thankful for you. (laughs) <laughs> You've even got the woo down. All right. Dudley would be proud, wouldn't he? <laughs> He's up here saying, you're not saying it right. <laughs> All right. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100. We're going to be there today. Psalm 100. My daughter-in-law challenges me quite often. She says, well, you, you just need to teach us some Scripture. Just teach us Scripture. So today she's going to get that, even though she's in the nursery today. Hopefully she can hear. But we're just going to look at some scripture today out of Psalm 100. How many of you would say that you live a life of blessing? How many of you would raise your hand and agree that you live a life of blessing? Great. Everybody that lives in America, that's right. Now how many of you would raise your hand and say, I am often... Cognizant, I recognize those blessings in my life. Now, how many of you would say, I'm grateful and I share that blessing more than I receive it? Okay, good, good. Not quite as as many hands. We need to be reminded from time to time about being thankful. I'm always encouraged when I see little children or middle-sized children or bigger children say, thank you. You ever noticed how few people say thank you anymore? I held a door open for some ladies the other day. I started to go through and I stopped and I backed up and I held the door and they looked at me and just walked right on through. I wanted to slam the door on the back of the second one. That's, and that's what I did. I said, well, you're more than welcome. And then they stopped and went, oh, 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 oh. You know, if you've got to drag it out of them, what good is it? Even when you check out at a grocery store or at Walmart, at least they could say, thank you for shopping today. But no, it's dink, dink, dink. Take your money and just look at you like, and what? What do you want now? I guess it's entitlement. or, But what I think it is, is parents didn't teach them how to be thankful. 
because they forgot in their own life about being thankful. You see, children are products of what we teach them, what we show them. Patrick will be a much stronger young man watching his father go through what he's going through. He'll be much more grateful for the things in his life because how quickly things can be taken away, you see. And that can happen in a moment. I read an article this week that just really touched my heart. It was a beautiful girl, probably at the age of some of these kids up on the front row. Beautiful girl. I mean, outwardly a very stunning, beautiful person. Well, she was texting and driving. And she had a wreck. And now, this side of her head, it was laced, it was, it was cut open right above her eye, and then right down below her eye, and it was all laid back. Well, they sewed it back, but she doesn't look the same. And she had her picture, her current picture, how she looks, and the picture she had before the accident. And her point was, it does make a difference whether you text or drive. So you see, we see people with scars every day, don't we? And have you ever wondered what their testimony is? Have you ever wondered how they can be thankful? I've told you this story before, but it, it so impacted my life. When I was a young uh, Bible college student, I went to the uh, Shriners Hospital in Dallas to see a, a friend. <clears throat> their, their child was there, had scoliosis, a real bad curvature of the spine. And as I walked in to the ward where she was, there was a, just a multi-bed ward there, there was a little boy. As soon as you walk in, all I heard was his voice. I didn't see anybody. I just heard, Hey! Hey, well, I've been trained that when you go calling in the hospital, don't listen to people yelling at you. Just keep walking. Do what you got to do. But for some reason, I was engaged by this young man. Hey, hey, you. So I turned and looked. And this little black boy was laying in the first bed. And he said, I'm glad you stopped to say hello. I said, well, (laughs) kind of like, thank you. I said, yeah, well, Hello. And he said, do you know Jesus? I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. He said, well, I do too. And he had this big old grin on his face. I do too. And then I began to look beyond his smile. All that he had was a head attached to a torso. He was born without legs and born without arms. And I, it so profoundly touched me that I've never forgotten that. And that's, that's close to 40 years ago. But I got to thinking, how thankful should I be every day? That I can get up and walk. I can think. I can read. Not very well, but I can read. I can type and you can see how good my typing is sometimes. I can drive a car. I can say hello. Do you know Jesus? Sometimes we forget and, and we wait till Thanksgiving time to finally get thankful. Now the service we're going to have in two weeks, remember I don't preach, you're the sermon. What are you thankful for? I'm going to ask a number of times. Start now thinking of what you're thankful for so our service will have a little time in it. 
Because if you don't say anything that you're thankful for, boy, that's a short sermon. Don't wait for someone else. You be the first to say, here's what I'm thankful for. Because we're all thankful for family, aren't we? We're all thankful for our Lord Jesus Christ. We should be. Psalm 100, a great psalm. It's, it's a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. Let's read it together. Starting with shout with joy. Ready? Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and His faithfulness continues to every generation or to each generation. Now there's a song that we sing quite often that have those words in it. Right out of this psalm. There are seven things that I found in verses 3 and 5 that I want us to be thankful for. Hopefully it will help you as you prepare in your Thanksgiving season to be thankful. The first one is in verse 3. It says, The Lord is God. The Lord is God. That's your first fill-in on your, on your outline. The Lord is God. In other lands and even here in the United States, people will worship other gods. We do right here in America. You may not understand it, but we do. Some of the radical Muslims, they worship a God that I'm not sure I know. I don't want to know that kind. A God that tells me to go out and kill people just because. I want a God that says, won't you love them? Just care about them. Show compassion toward them. We've got gods. I mean, I mean, it's, it's fall and it's Sunday and they've already started on the East Coast football games. Sunday's full of football. You can go all day long, catch Sunday night, sleep and get up and catch Monday night, sleep a couple of days and catch Thursday night. Boy, I tell you, you got enough football. How many of you are NASCAR driving? You love the old boy Jeff does, I know. Oh, Diane does. I was just waiting for her to kind of raise that hand. Oh, Pat, you do too. All right. NASCAR. Now, I love listening to the, to the guys talk about it. Well, if they don't slow down, they're going to run in that wall on four. I'm telling you right now, it's just so funny listening to them. But why do we watch those? We watch for the wrecks, don't we? No. No? <laughs> Good racing. Okay. But we watch things. And sometimes we get them in the place of God. Not all the time, but sometimes. Sometimes we put family in the place of God. Sometimes we put money, our pursuit of happiness in place of God. But the Lord is God. Idols are dead. But those that worship them need to understand that they're spiritually dead. Our God, the true living God, is very much alive. I want us to look at Psalm 115 and verse 3. It says, their idols are merely things of silver and gold, shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. 
They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, throats but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in them. Now in your outline, I've given you a few more verses. I think that's on the next slide. Isaiah 42, Isaiah 6, and Revelation 1.8, which we read earlier. But the Lord is God. And we should be thankful for that. Because it is He. It is He that answers prayer. It is He that protects. It is He who forgives and gives eternal life through His Son. It is He, it is God that says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Or as I memorized it in King James, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I catch myself going back to King James because that's how I memorized things when I was a kid. But no matter what goes wrong in life today, the Lord is God. Now there's a lot of people hooting and hollering about the election this past week. But it doesn't matter what happens in the White House or in Washington, D.C. It doesn't matter what happens in the Kremlin. It doesn't happen matter what happens in Buckingham Palace because the Lord is God. No matter how you feel the Lord is God, He's always in control. He's always sovereign. Nothing gets by God. <laughs> Nothing's going to slip up on Him and sneak by Him. Nothing. Nothing takes God by surprise. Do you realize that? Nothing takes Him by surprise. He's not caught off guard at all. Have you noticed that? God's not caught off guard at all. Leads us to our second thing to be thankful for again in verse 3. The Lord is Creator. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. My life seems to be more full all the time of obligations. Any of you identify with that one? I mean, I'm obligated. Every month, I've got to write some checks to somebody every month. And, and these people, I never will forget when Corey first got his first big paycheck working for AT&T selling cell phones. He was in college and got his first commission check. You know, this is a pretty good sized check for a kid in college. And he calls and says, hey, Dad, who are these FICA people? I said, they're your new best friend. He said, they're taking stuff out of my check. I said, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. So, and we're full of obligations, aren't we? Wouldn't it be nice to have a life that didn't have any obligation? You just had to get up whenever you wanted to get up. Do what you wanted to do. Needed to do. Didn't want to do. Wouldn't that be great? Wow, I don't know. But when I stop and think about all the obligations I have, the biggest obligation I have every day is to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's my biggest obligation. Because every day I need to ask, what do you need me to do today for you, Lord? And then I need to be His hands, His feet, His eyes, His mouth, His ears, His hands. One of the reasons that I'm obligated to give thanks to God is because He is the one who has actually given me life. He's my Creator. Psalm 139 says that He formed me in my mother's womb. 
Look what it says. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You know, there's times I look in the mirror and I go, mm, mm. I hadn't really noticed when I was really sick, when you folks knew, knew I was sick and I didn't know I was sick. I saw some pictures of me when I was really sick. I looked at Cindy and I said, I was really sick, wasn't I? She said, you were pretty bad. I had no idea because I never looked at myself. Sometimes we need to stop and realize that God created us. He knew us. He loved us. And he's created this wonderful body that you and I have, even though it's racked up and beat up and tore up and sometimes has some sickness in it. He still knew and knows how to make it better. Amen? Which leads us to our third thing to be thankful for again in verse 3. God is our Father. It says, we are His people in verse 3. When this psalm was written, it was the children of Israel who would say, we are His people. How often do we as a church say we are His people? We are God's people. There are churches closing every day in America. Did you realize that? I, 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 the number escapes me, but it's a, it's a scary number of how many churches close their doors every day, every week in America. Because they can't make it. They've forgotten. They've turned inward. They, they do all of their work inside. Everything they spend their money on is about them. And God never intended for us to spend all of our money on us. He intended us to spend most of our money outside these walls. Amen? Now, part of maintaining a church is you've got to spend some money on the inside. We do. But I'm so grateful that we're able to send money outside. I mean, you know, Sam just listed a bunch of folks that we, we help. See, we've got two missionaries that we support in India. Countless thousands of people being led to Christ. And we don't even know who they are. But those men are able to do their work because of a little church in Jinx, Oklahoma. Sends out some money. You see, we're going to help another 40, 50 families at Christmas time with our free garage sale. That, you know, we want you to start bringing stuff. We need stuff. Bring it. I'm teaming, I'm, I'm trying to team up with another church that, uh, to get them to get involved with us. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Get a couple of churches to do that and, and, and maximize what we're trying to do. Our, our community Thanksgiving service, you know, there'll be seven, eight, ten churches involved in that. That's an awesome thing to be a part of. But God's our Father. We're His children. And today, we need to understand that we're His children, but sin, sin has alienated us from God. Isaiah 64, 6 says this, We are all infected and impure with sin, when we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Our sins are what cause us to have issues. It's our sins that create the problem. And we need to remember that and keep seeking God and His faithfulness. But God in His great love sent His Son Jesus to 
earth to pay for our sins. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4 says this, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the Scriptures said. He was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day just as the Scriptures said. Paul is confirming the Gospel, the good news. Jesus tells a man named Nicodemus in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can either be born once to die twice or, or, or born twice to die once. It's your choice. And if you say, I don't understand that, well, see me afterwards, we'll explain it to you. You see, you're born in, I'll explain it anyway, you're born into an earthly family. But if you never find Christ and are born again, that second time, you're going to die. Not only physically, but then spiritually. But if you've met that Savior, and He is your Savior, then guess what? You'll die once and heaven is your home. And there's some of us, I'm looking more forward to that all the time, aren't you? All the time. John 1, 12 and 13. And Romans 8, talk about how powerful that relationship is with God. You see, as a Christian, our Heavenly Father loves us. Our Heavenly Father hears our prayers. Our Heavenly Father corrects us. Our Heavenly Father protects us. Our Heavenly Father's looking out for us. All reasons to be thankful, leading us to the next thing to be thankful for again in verse 3, is that Jesus is our shepherd. When He says we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Remember, our God is a it's three gods in one. God is the Father. God is the Son. He's the Savior. God is the Spirit. He's what indwells us. And when we accept Christ, then we become sheep following the shepherd. What's the job of a shepherd? The job of a shepherd is to take care of the sheep. That's exactly what Jesus, the good shepherd, does. John 10, 27 and 28. Uh, let me go back to 10, 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Uh, do I have that other one, Jeff? 27, 20? Okay. Be sure and look that one up. I know I've had it in your outline. Be sure and look that up. But probably the best description of Jesus' activity as the shepherd is in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's a great passage. Just several verses. You can memorize those in no time. Leads us to our next blessing thing we should be thankful for. Now in verse 5. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. You see, you have a home in heaven, so the Lord is good. You receive answers to prayer. The Lord is good. You get a raise in pay. The Lord is good. In fact, why don't you say that phrase, the Lord is good. Ready? All of you say, ready? The Lord is good. A friend finds Christ as Savior. You have a faithful and loving husband or wife. You have great parents or kids or grandkids. You lose your job. You are sick. You lose a loved one. Your spouse divorces you. Your parents and children despise you. Because see, even when it rains, He's still good. And it does rain, doesn't it? It rains on the just... And the unjust. Brian's a man of God. So why did he get cancer? And why did his brother Brad not get cancer? 
I don't know. Why do I have a bad knee and Leah got two new ones? I don't know. I can whine and moan about it all I want to. You see what I'm saying? Or we can be thankful. See, I can be thankful that it still works. <laughs> I can. For the Lord is good no matter what the circumstance we find in our life. Amen? He's good no matter what happens. He doesn't stop being good. In fact, Romans 8.28 is, is a verse that really, really sums up that thought process. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are what? Called according to His purpose for them. Because God has a purpose for each of us. And He's going to work it out to good. Stay with it. Leads us to our next thing to be thankful for. Again in verse 5. The Lord's mercy is everlasting. When it comes, comes to God's mercy, His loving kindness, there's no limit. Aren't you glad? God's mercy, His loving kindness, is at work in my life, is at work in your life. And I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of it lately. When potential problems are solved, God shows His loving kindness. When He provides guidance, God shows His loving kindness. When He provides His peace, God shows His loving kindness. When He gives us insights into problems or into His Word, God shows us His loving kindness. And what excites me is to think that His loving kindness is an everlasting thing. Many of us have lost loved ones. Some recently. But God is still showing them loving kindness in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says this, Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. I, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that. How many, of you, how many of you are ready for that call? Boy, come on, call me. <coughs> call me soon. <coughs> Pardon me. But those who know the Lord, we're going to experience mercy throughout eternity. In Revelation 21, 3 and 4, it gives us that. There's no more tears, no more sorrow. All the former things are passed away. Looking forward to that. And then it leads us to the last thing we should be thankful for, and that's the Lord's truth, His faithfulness, endures to every generation. The word translated truth here is also translated as faithfulness. The word carries the idea of a steadiness of firmness. It's a firm steadiness. We can trust it. We can lean on it. It endures to every generation. Cindy and I were talking just the other day about the way our culture seems to be. And I keep thinking... Why do these young people act the way they act? And then I thought, I bet my mom and dad said the same thing about me. You know, my heart is fearful for my grandchildren and the type of world they'll have. But you know what? Our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. I can see little Mariah Hearn. Mm, Lord have mercy, turn that little girl loose. Can't you see her? 
I can see her doing great things in about 15 years. Five years, actually. You see, when you start them early about serving in the Lord and serving in the church, guess what they do the rest of their life? <laughs> Why do we have a front row full of teenagers? Because they can sleep up here and you can't see them where they're sleeping. <laughs> you think they're praying. God is faithful to every generation of those who trust Him. Lamentations, chapter 3, a couple of verses. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Remember that old song was in, Great is our faithfulness. Oh God, our Father. You know it, yeah. Sometimes we get concerned for our children, our grandchildren, because of the increase in wickedness and that danger that's in our society. I know I do. But God's given us a promise that He will be faithful to the next generation of those believers who will rise up and call upon His name. And so I've got to trust that I'm passing along that Word. Now, if we're not passing the Word along, then we're going to have trouble. But let's keep passing the Word along. Let's keep challenging these young minds to stand firm and to be, to be uh, forceful in God. To be faithful in God. So again, the seven reasons we should be thankful are the Lord is God. The Lord is Creator. God is our Father. Jesus is our Shepherd. The Lord is good. The Lord's mercy is everlasting. And the Lord's truth, His faithfulness endures to every generation. Would you pray with me please? Father, I ask you this morning that we pause just to be thankful. Just to let you know and those around us know that we love you with an undying love. Because you love us with an unfailing love with an everlasting love. And so we're grateful for the forgiveness that we've received through your Son, Jesus Christ. We're grateful for all the blessings that you've bestowed upon us and pour upon us on a daily basis. And so God, as we've looked at seven things that we ought to be thankful for, I'm sure there's other things that we can list. But God, today I'm praying for those in this room who maybe don't know you as their personal Savior. I'm praying for those in this room who've known you as their Savior for some time, but have let life get in the way. They've let sin creep in where it didn't need to be. So, Father, perhaps there's just a moment of repentance they need, a a moment of reconciliation, of returning to you. God, if that's someone in this room, would you touch them in that way? Father, there's a cross in the front. There's chairs on the front row where people can come and kneel down to call out to You. I want to encourage them to do that. When I believe when our church begins to do that, Father, there's going to be great things begin to happen here. So Lord, would we turn loose and let You have. In Jesus' name, Amen. Great song of invitation without Him.
Respond to God this morning as we sing to you.